Hey there, friends! Welcome to the Rose Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Renee J. Johnson, and this week, hear from Tyson Sinsel, a graphic designer, and Kevin Beckford, a former White House appointee and now educator. Everybody drink rose. Rose. So we sip rose. We gonna sip rose. Rose. Sip rose. Baby girl, she don't play. So we sip rose. We're gonna sip rose. That rose hour, baby. Sip rose. And welcome to the Rose Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Renee J. Johnson, and I'm here with Bartender Ben. Hey guys, what's up? Yay! So, what are you serving us today? Rufino, Rufino, Rufino. A whole bunch of Rufino. Okay, well, that's awesome because we had that last week. So, I guess it's so nice, we gotta have it twice. Right. Okay, well, Rufino is also a sparkling rosé with fresh and fragrant notes of strawberry and slight hints of rose petals. Do you taste any rose petals? Nah, I don't. I don't. I don't get any rose petals. Okay, but you do enjoy it. It's my favorite. Wow, I'm glad because it's one of my favorites too. Yay! Pew pew. Well, I know that. We have two amazing guests today. What do you think of their interviews? Tyson, Kevin, two amazing people, smart folks, a lot of insight, a lot of information being shared. Yay! Well, let's get into our first interview with Tyson Stencil. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Rose Hour podcast. I'm here today with the most... Amazing. Yeah, everyone's amazing, right? Most amazing, young, millennial, innovative, creative, special, Ohioan. <laughs> Tyson! You know, I can never pronounce your last name. Though. Stenzel, it's German. <laughs> A nice, good old German. Tyson Stenzel! Yes, Yay! thank you. That was very sweet of you. Well, I mean, you are amazing in oh. all of those other things. Thank <laughs> you. So we are excited you're on the show today. You get to tell everybody some great things. But let's start with a little bit about you. So Tyson, where are you from? What you do? Who you be? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm originally from Ohio, uh, Toledo, Ohio. Um, grew up there. All throughout my life, more so in the country suburbs. The area. country suburbs. Yes, a lot of corn. That's my <laughs> idea of Ohio is a lot of corn. That's Indiana. Ohio has more. Mm. They got a water park. We do? Wait, no, you have an amusement park. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's Sandusky. Well, I'm hey, in Toledo. Ohio. Okay, okay. Well, I'm talking about <laughs> great T- Toledo. Yeah, it's called like the Mud City, Glass City. Not oh. much there. Um, so yeah, I grew up there, went to Catholic school my whole life. Um, then I went to school in Cleveland, Ohio, um, got a few internships, met you <laughs> in DC, had no idea that I was landing that internship, walked in completely surprised. Well, we were glad to have you at that internship. Yes. You saved us so many times. Yeah, like the calls at 4 a.m. for a printing issue. um, That was not Renee J. Johnson calling you. (laughs) This is true. You never did call me. You just took wine from me when I was underage. So you were kind of a party kill. I'm a responsible adult. Uh, yes, I but guess. now that you're of age, yeah, now you're, you're just throwing alcohol at me constantly. I'm like, no, 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 not today. Yeah, well, so you're a graphic designer. Yes. What's a graphic designer for those who may not know? So, at graphic design, we focus in visual communication. So, whether that's photography, illustration, um, we use a lot of Adobe programs mostly. But Shout I mean, out to Adobe and yeah. sponsorship. Yes. If you want to sponsor me, please do. I don't want to pay that $30 a month anymore. Um, but so basically, like everything's designed. Your wine bottles, like the label on that, that's all graphic design. Everything you see. The interesting part about design, though, is a lot of people think, well, if I'm not great at fine arts, I know a lot of people who can't draw at all, but they're really great Mm. at alignment. And like you have to think when you see like a really 
good sign or like not even a sign, but like a sign that kind of draws your attention. Like typically it's very aligned. Mm -hmm. Um, Typography is what you call it. So letters. Yes, there's a Netflix um, show or movie or documentary about that. Typography? Yes. Oh, I'm not caught up on my Netflix. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, we'll look at that later. Um, so yeah. Uh, and what's crazy about me is, um, so I went, as I said, I went to like private school. So they really pushed math and science like crazy. I mean, and you know, it was an all girls school. So they right. really wanted us, you know, to be empowered and all of that. They were worried about STEM. Yes. Yeah, STEM very much so. And that just was never my thing. I always was really big with art, but I thought, okay, I want to be a physical therapist and I want to be the first physical therapist female in major league baseball. So what was Ooh. funny was my the summer between my junior and senior year, like the first female uh, physical therapist came out and I was just like, well, now my dream shot. And I don't even think I'm good at science and all of this, but I was like in honors anatomy and some other um, science class. And I decided to take um, art three at the time, honors art or whatever. And I really liked it. And it was very therapeutic. Mm. And I was really good at it. And I remember my teacher was like, you should also take art four while you're at it. And she's like, if you don't like anatomy and you don't feel like you're going to do that, right. then why take it? And I was like, well, I can't be a starving artist on the street. I have to make money. And I just remember like going into the teacher, the anatomy teacher, and she was just, and I was telling her I wanted to uh, switch to art. And she was like, you're not going to make it as an artist. Like what? Yeah. She said that to me. She's like, you should stay in this class. Did you tell your mother this? Because I feel like <laughs> your mom would be the number one. My mom was doing the district. <laughs> we'll see. What's interesting with my family is just because it, we came from a working class background. Like, I think they really wanted me to get into science, you know? Oh. So my mom was always concerned with art. She was like, Ooh. like, what do you want to do? So at first I wanted to be an art therapist, applied to go to Cleveland State, my university. And as I'm walking in, they literally are like, we just can you discontinued the art therapy program. So I had no clue what I was going to do. So this is dun, 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 times two. Right. And they're like, you can go in undecided. And I was like, I can't go in undecided. I like, so I randomly picked graphic design. I had never designed anything up until like I was 18 years old, like on the computer. Wow. I would just say, if you have not seen Tyson, we'll get to how you can see all of her designs. They are truly amazing. Like your artwork is, I mean, your graphic design rather is amazing. Hence the internship you had. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, just with like design in general, I think a lot of people, I mean, you just see it so much that I think um, to appreciate it. And really what made me really connect with design is how I saw it connect people. I saw it connect like black and white people. Oh, like for nice. like, I always saw like an interest in especially design with politics, Mm -hmm. designs that had a meaning. Like you, you know, people can, you know, rant about things, but like when it's designed well on a poster, designed well on social media to get you that attention, maybe even if it's just three seconds to look at it, Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. vote, to, you know, talk about prison reform, whatever the case may be. I think design is such a powerful thing and it really is a big form of communication and our environment and society now. Yeah, yeah. And so it sounds like you're really, really, really into sort of the policy, politics, political world and design. Mm -hmm. How did you get into that? Well, maybe a little bit of you. You might have helped. So, you know, I I didn't know much about politics until I came here about two years ago in D.C. And I interned at the United State of Women with you. And I was just really interested in how just in the everyday environment, people were just talking about politics. And I really was like, okay, what is a form of a policy that I'm interested in. And, you know, um, I took my minor was sociology in um, college and I was really interested in race and class and gender issues. Mm-hmm. And I took one class, it was on deviances and just the prison reform system. And we read yeah. the book was Prison Obsolete. And that kind of like just opened my mind. And wow. um, I actually got to design a poster in um, college for one of our classes. And we talked about the right to vote and how, you know, 
you serve your time in prison, you come out and you can't vote anymore. And right. we, and so I kind of designed a poster and, you know, uh, the teacher really liked it. She submitted it. Um, I think she used it. Um, I don't know where she used it, but oh. you know, uh, <laughs> so she, she emailed yeah. is somewhere yeah. amazing. Though. Yeah. That's, so, that's um, yeah, know. that was, that was something that I, I still am very interested in the whole prison reform issues. Yeah, definitely. And, the work you're doing now is what, what are you doing? Like, I don't even know how to explain how you do what you do. So, oh, you're asking like the day to day. So like I work for a consultant company now. So basically, um, and my boss is in New York city. The other designers are in Portland. So it's strictly basically just email. Oh, wow. And so they'll say. That's that millennial thing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of um, FaceTimes and video chats about. A lot of Zoom. Do you guys use Zoom? No, we don't use. They, they're big on Outlook. So Skype for business oh. and sharing your screen. Can I share my screen? That's a big thing that everyone. I'm glad we do not share screens. <laughs> I'm usually not looking if my boss is ever listening. Sorry, I'm not looking at what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> I mean, I never am either. I don't have to show my face. They share, you know, their desktop screen. But um, <laughs> so uh, with every day, so they'll send an email and they basically are like in a Word document or whatever form. Some people sketch it out and they just give you all the information they want. They're like, we need a 600 page document. Oh, wow. We need a poster. We need social media graphics. We need, you know, banners, flyers, whatever the case may be. And um, yeah, it. I, I like that through all my internships, through this first job that I got here in, Cle- or in DC, that I'm really... I like the different workflow. I like how different work environments can go really fast paced. Like when yeah. we worked together, it was like nonstop yeah. every day. I felt like they were throwing something at me. And then here it's more balanced, but it's not as creative right. as it's previous. Yeah, very okay. structured. There's a very much established brand and they're a consultant firm. So they're working for other companies who have their own brand. So it's very corporate. So, um, But I do like that it's giving me a nice, you know, resume booster, I suppose. Um, I don't know if it's a job I'd want to be in. Separated there. Yes. (laughs) Career boosters. But yeah, I- I I, just splashed wine in my face. (laughs) I I do like it. Um, But yeah, you know, someone asked me the other day, like, what do I want to do with design? Yeah, that's actually a really important question. Right, like, you know- I hope you have an answer. Yeah, and- you know, I really was thinking on it before. I was like, oh, I want to like design makeup, you know, little like the package designs and then, you know, with branding and all of that. But um, I think right now, especially being in D.C., getting involved with policy, like, you know, even when it's when, you know, you randomly text me and you're like, can you design <laughs> a flyer in like uh, by like 6 p.m. today? And I'm like, sure. Like I like I like I actually like the posters having meaning. I yeah, like that. it. Yeah. I like it goes to something opposed to, um, you know, no offense to my job, but like, you know, water. Like that's what we mainly focus on is the water and I the mean, highway. We, we need infrastructure. We do, we do need infrastructure. But However, comma, you're like, yeah, no. I'm yeah. Kidding. There's only so many times, so many ways you can design, you know, water. <laughs> I mean, they can have different types of water. Drops. Oh, I've used them all <laughs> over the past uh, six months. Wow. So what would you say is like one of the hardest brands you had to create? Cause you've done some branding. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to say the name of the company, but like what went into sort of the creation? How did you come up with the idea? How did you get others to get on board? Mm-hmm. Like, could you walk us through that process? So I will name drop it. It was my second <laughs> internship. Um, it was at, it was in Cleveland. It was at the Contemporary Art Museum. Ooh. And so I was tasked, they had hired me on just for the summer and they just wanted me to redesign their membership. And they actually, what was really cool, I got to meet um, uh, their main designer um, who he was rebranding the whole organization. So, so we were actually working together a lot. And so I was just tasked with membership and to be able to take kind of like the United States of Women, take something that was already created, but never been used. Uh And it was really interesting because the design was very like 
I kind of relate it to like um, Kanye West's album, The Life of Pablo, like where the lines are going down and things are misaligned. And like, as a designer, you're like, no, it should be aligned. But so it was really interesting to take that and do it for membership, which was donors and corporate. Um, So what I was, there was like, I think he created like six color palettes or, you know, six colors pretty much primary, but I took two of them and was able to brand it. And I think that was a really cool thing for me to go back like six months later and actually see the design, you know, and it being used for donors and money and, you know, people were seeing it. And I I always said that about, I think what I credit you so much to is like, I didn't even know I was good at design until I met you. (laughs) I really didn't like, my God, you guys should see her design. She's so incredible. So amazing. And she branded an entire project for me. Uh, when she was interning and they still use it to this day and neither of us are there. (laughs) (laughs) No. And you were just, you were always so sweet and encouraging. Like, I mean, you know, I think when you go to class, you know, you're getting your A's, you're getting the B plus, whatever. And, but to actually see you use that work and for you to be like, you know, somewhat like just so excited. I was always, I would almost tear up at some of this stuff. I was like, Oh my God, you made this today. You're like, yeah, I just needed 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, yes. Well, then make more. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Okay. So 10 years from now, because you're really young. I am young. You are a baby. You're like, is it Generation Z you're a part of? Sure. (laughs) I'm not good at knowing that stuff. I'm like, aren't I a millennial? Yeah. Yeah. That's the bigger one, you know, but, um, Okay, Uh, (laughs) we'll Google it. We'll figure it out. I'm 23. Uh, Right. So if we didn't want to name our age drop. No, 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 no. I think you are Z. Okay. So Generation Z, you guys are a whole different crop of kids. You guys are like go-getters. You're starting businesses when you're in third grade. Like YouTube's. (laughs) Right. You have YouTube channels making $100 million, you know, doing toy reviews. Like where do you see yourself? Because- your trajectory is so high and amazing. Like, are you going to open your own firm? Like, what what are you going to do? I think, honestly, with design, the amazing thing is connections. And that's what they've always, in school, they always said, make sure you keep the connections. Yes. yes. So, I mean, I think, yeah, the idea would be to open my own business um, with, you know, the connections I'm making from this job, previous jobs, future jobs, and to be able to honestly brand for companies. I think that would be a goal of mine. And it is a dream of mine to be able to brand, especially, but you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I'm more of a yearly planner and not like, I I tend to not look like way out in the future. That's just me. So I'm very much like, you know, A, B, C, D. So, you know, I'm going to have to, you know, jump down to like Z down there to figure out what I want to do in 10 years. But yeah, I think just the most important thing with anyone who's like interested in art and design is connections and always keep that because you never know what job you'll fall into, you know, never know when someone needs something, something created. I mean, doesn't, like I said, design is everywhere. It's billboards, it's music covers. I mean, that's how I first learned about graphic design was, you know, basically iTunes when, you know, you're on your phone and you see an album cover. And I, I never knew that was like, you know, I'm like 10 years old, but I didn't understand that that was, you know, design. And I was like, that is so cool. And I remember, you know, back in the day when you could illegally download music of course and my mom would get so mad because her credit card was attached to the itunes account and i hated the fact that there was never any album art cover when you like illegally downloaded it you know really? it just said like you know the little like music sign and oh, it's it black was, and like, white uh, itunes little yeah thing. so yeah. like on itunes you know it's the album cover you know for a dollar 29 i think the songs were and so i would just <laughs> download all these songs and yeah i would get grounded and yelled at and all of that generation yeah you know I needed an art cover I needed art I was craving art so you create art covers for people or no I've actually never done um like an album cover I've I've done it in the sense of like like on my own time but no I've been asked to but yeah I know who I know some people who asked uh we're not gonna go there uh because they're sitting right there behind you or behind (laughs) (laughs) but I think like to that what are some things then that you want to start designing um the reason I'm saying this is because at the end of all this you're gonna tell people how they can contact you so you can you know get that work (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, diversity. I really want to help with, I've realized like people who are starting their business for the first time, you don't even have a brand. So let's sit right. down. Let's talk about, you want to start a business, whatever that business might be. Let's create a brand. Let's create a social media you know, whatever your little labels need to be for your product. If you're selling a product or it's more, you know, I mean, I guess everybody's selling a product at the end of the day. selling something. Right. So, I mean, really sitting down. And I think like on my portfolio, that's what I really focused on having multiple materials um, to be designed. Um, So yeah, branding, I I think just people starting businesses. And I can also rebrand. I think that's something that I'm really good at right now is like, okay, we have this solid brand, but let's make it more modern. And yeah. so even people who, you know, they might've paid someone or their cousin did it or whatever. <laughs> or they did it in Canva. Right. <laughs> Me. Right. <laughs> oh, well, better than, you know, word. I know. Oh, so I know that hurts you oh. when you see that. Don't, don't. Yeah. Yeah, it does. What is your pet peeve when you see designs that you know are not by graphic designers? So especially now, since I've moved like to Maryland, um, you know, those like signs that, you know, you're sitting at a light and it's just like a little sign that's like, oh, I can do your taxes. Oh, like I even just wish somebody (laughs) would pay someone to just design that because I'm just sitting in my car staring at it. And I'm like, I mean, you had to have paid somebody to do that or you had to have printed it out somewhere. Like you definitely did this in Word. Right. Ran a picture. And that's that's what like I think advertisements like especially just driving throughout D.C. or even really any, you know, urban area is just the lack of like (laughs) good design, I believe. is Yeah. There's no symmetry. to Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, what actually is the worst design. We actually talked about this in class was Trump's Make America Great Hat. It's not aligned. So whoever did that, like they did not even align it. Like if you really look it up, the sign, I mean, they could have changed it by now, but the original one, like, you know, back when he was running on the hats, it was not perfectly aligned. Trump and them just don't get it right. Yes. So hopefully, I mean, maybe someone told him to fix it. I highly doubt it. He's like, it's a perfection. Yeah. I doubt he's like, what do you mean? It's unaligned. Maybe we can make. Uh, a hat that says make your sign or slogan better Ooh. or something like that yeah. and make it symmetrical. For yes. Yeah. I don't know. Ideas. We'll see. <laughs> okay. So what is one encouraging word you want to give to up and coming designers? So actually I have like a cousin who's actually going into graphic design. She's down in like a uh, Bowling Green, Ohio, Toledo, oh, nice. Ohio. Um, very country, even more than me. But, you know, one thing she'll like, you know, FaceTime and, it, you know, it's really just asking me, you know, how does this look? And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'll tell her, you know, move this, move that. So I think with anybody who's going into fine arts, design, fashion, just ask people, honestly, call them up. Because the thing about art is as artists, we stare at it so long. We just look at it and we're like, it's not perfect. It's not going to work ask an average person who's going to see this. So, so like, I mean, honestly, like, you know, I might look at this for hours and hours and hours and I just can't get it. You might be able to look at it and just be like, I think it might look better if you just move this paragraph over here or, you know, this picture over there. So honestly, asking art people, asking, you know, just regular terms. Right. (laughs) So I, I think that really isn't, I mean, communicate as I, you know, I've said that so much with design that is so important to just, just call people up, ask random people. I've done that. Like in college, I was like staring at this, uh, you know, my portfolio and I just went to people up in the library and I was like, what do you think about this? That's actually a very courageous as well. Because <laughs> yes. uh, you just don't know. And you have to be able to accept um, their feedback. And yeah, criticism. Positive, negative, all of the criticism. Yeah. And I think one thing that I would tell, especially designers, maybe not like fine art people who are painting, drawing, because, you know, your yeah. art is your baby, but to especially designers, don't look at design as like, this is my baby. I created it. Look at it like almost like you're like an aunt or you're like fostering <laughs> it. You're just trying to get it you're good and you're going to give it to somebody else and they're going to use it. Like, don't think like when people criticize you, don't think that they're like tearing your child down. It's more like, you know, you're fostering this piece of work (laughs) and you're just going to send it away and it's going to be great. I love that. And actually that's could be looked at in a lot of ways of life. So yeah, with all work environments, it's like, don't look at it as your baby. Just look at it, you know, 
You're just sending it off in the world and you're trying to make it as best as it can be. Someone dropped it off and they go pick it up. (laughs) Right. Well, I ask everyone this question. I'm going to ask you. I know. What am I going to ask you? What's my, or what color rosé? What color rosé do I like? Or what's my favorite rosé? What's your favorite rosé? And if you, that's if you have one. Okay. So... I'm not a huge wine drinker. You know, I like my Jack Daniels. Yes. Although we went to a wine tasting. We did. We did. Days ago. Well, weeks, it feels like. Yeah. We'll talk about that on another episode. Um, <laughs> and it seemed like you were into red wines. I do like red wines. I, well, I think it's just the mood. I've gone, I think your taste palette changes, yeah. especially probably like in college when you're drinking horrible liquor and when then you you're finally, wine, yeah, you're when you're finally 21 and then you're like, oh, this wine was horrible or this alcohol was horrible. I think honestly, so if I never really have, a, like, I, if I crave wine, I'll go to the store and honestly, maybe this is just the designer in me. I always get the one with the best label. Like, which if I'm like, okay. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah, though. I'm I like, that's how people learn. Yeah, if I'm like, okay, this person took the time to design the label, it's aligned. It's probably going to taste okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's how it yeah. So the label, <laughs> bring it all back She's to design. It's all about the label because it's a design thing and it has to be aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Yes. I love it. Designers hate that word, by the way, aesthetically pleasing. I mean, I'm not a designer. I know. <laughs> so like we've always like in critique, they were always like, it's aesthetically pleasing. And our professor would always be like, stop saying that word. Why? She just said, it's so overused. The average people use that word. We're designers. Oh, well, then I did it correctly. Yeah. Okay. I just can't say it. <laughs> well, you did it. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us thank today, Tyson. You. This has been so awesome. You're amazing. Um, how can people connect with you, especially when they want to get that good design artwork popping off? So um, you can follow my um, portfolio. It's T stenzel.portfolio.com. Can you spell stencil? Oh, yes, since you don't know how to. I know how to spell it. I can't say it. There's a difference. (laughs) So S-T-E-N-Z-E-L. Tyson Stencil, people. Look her up. Send her some work. Thanks again, Tyson. Cheers. Wow. Thanks, Tyson, for that awesome interview and teaching us about not overusing the term aesthetically pleasing. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to hear from Kevin Beckford and a story about Tyson Beckford. Mm. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Rosie Hour podcast. It's Renee J. Johnson here, your host. And I'm here with my amazing fellow Yale educated White House working previous Jamaican Rastafarian <laughs> weightlifting, soul sipping brother from another mother. <laughs> Renee was good. That is the best introduction I'd have ever received. I'm going to archive. You should. That. You should. Bookmark. <laughs> Bookmark that for sure. Renee, I just want to say I'm just so excited to be here and I'm so Yay. proud of you. I'm so proud Aww, of what thanks. this podcast is becoming. I've loved the episodes I've listened to and Aww. I'm just so thrilled to be here. Yay. Well, so we're so thrilled. happy and honored that you would want to come hey. and sip rose. So sip, sip, hooray. Cheers. Sip, sip. Yay. Uh, this is us taking a sip, guys. A little sip. We really do drink rosé. Because I was talking and drinking, so that's why my voice did that. (laughs) (laughs) But Kevin, tell the people about you. Because, like, you look like Tyson Beckford, just younger, stronger. Like, so it's like, are you guys cousins? Like, tell us your background. What you do? Who you be? You want to know something that's really funny on that tip, though? You really are cousins. For years. You thought you were. We thought, I thought we were cousins (gasps) because, um... Tyson's family is from the part of Jamaica where my family's from. Yes. Um, and a uh, aunt was convinced, right? Yeah. And so um, I, about a year ago, I actually sent a message just, like, just on Instagram. Yeah. I was like, yo, I think we might be related. 
Yeah. He responded. He was like, oh, word. I was like, yeah, you related to my grandfather, Theophilus Beckford, who was a famous uh, musician. He was like, no, nah, yes, play it. Theophilus. No. Yeah, yeah. He was like, no, nah, play it. That, that, ain't, that ain't it. So Ooh. I was like, okay, so we're not related. So for years, oh, it was a story of the family. Bum, and bum, I was bum. like, nah. I told my aunties. I mean, I didn't really have no stake in it. I'm like, whatever. I look better anyway. So I I'm mean. Just saying, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but to your question, though, um, of who I am. Um, so Renee and I uh, met uh, in 2014. Yeah. I want to say 2014 at the tail end of the uh, Obama administration. Yeah, the good years. The good years. It was the, a good the, time when, in D.C. Yeah, when Mufasa ruled the primaries. <laughs> right. <laughs> Before Scar, you know, he took his brother out and here we are today. Here we are today. Yeah. Here we are today. We need those hyenas to take out Scar. Oh, we need, we need yeah. something, Jesus. We've digressed. <laughs> Listen, come, come on by. Come on, Simba. <laughs> come on. Raise up amongst the others. <laughs> But um, yeah, so I was um, in D.C. working um, for the Obama White House. I was a um, political appointee in the Office of Presidential Correspondence. Um, I I managed the, originally started out managing the education portfolio and eventually took over the domestic uh, policy portfolio in that office. And so that office is... You can imagine correspondence is the uh, place to which um, mail, uh, email, casework is sorted out. Um, So if anyone um, from the American public, if they have a concern or a question um, or a point to raise, they write a letter, they send an email, this office would respond. Um, That was a really great place for me. Um, Prior to that, I was a teacher. Uh Um, So I taught in Philadelphia public schools for a couple of years. Um, was that charter a, or public 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 school? Because you know there's public charter yeah. and there, there's charter, yeah, charter and then there's and public. public. So we yeah. just got to be clear. Yeah. So I was actually I was actually really blessed. Um, I taught at a uh, really really dope kind of schools without walls. Um, public magnet school. Ah, um, the, I went to one of those. Yeah, it yeah. was like, it was a really innovative school. The only cr- admission criteria was basically like, do you have potential? And so like a lot of the students- Can you read who, well? Yeah, not even- <laughs> Not based on our last conversation. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> or like, you know, this idea of like, if you um, are innovative or creative. So a lot of this incoming students, you know, that I taught, they weren't like, maybe they weren't like A, B, or even C students, but- they were able to exhibit, demonstrate some type of potential. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was a blessing teaching there. Um, my work now kind of s- is still situated within the education space, um, just in part because education has played such an important role in my life. Yeah. I'm a first gra- uh, generation high school graduate, first generation wow. college graduate. Um, so um, I take education very seriously. And yeah. so I currently work um, for the Urban Assembly uh, Network in New York City. It's a network of 24 uh, public schools. Oh, wow. I do advancement work, so fundraising, policy, communications work, while also- None of the easy stuff. Yeah, not the easy <laughs> stuff. Not the easy stuff, especially in New York City. It's, yeah. uh, it's just an interesting place, yeah. but uh, um, but I do that, and um, I co-run um, a nonprofit called the Hustlers Guild, yes. um, which was co-founded by myself and two um, other uh, Obama White House um, folk. Yeah. Um, our mission is to basically uh, teach STEM skills um, using hip hop as the vehicle um, to really build up opportunity and, and an infrastructure for black and brown folk within the tech space. Wow, that's really dope. Yeah. So like you're just an educator all around. Like you just here to educate the masses to mean like at the White House being in the correspondence, like you have to be a strong writer. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you were teaching the people there how to write well based on the inconsistencies <laughs> of other people Ooh. who wrote to you. Oh. Like what's the wildest letter that you guys got in the Obama White oh, House? Oh my God, team? that's a great question. I couldn't even pinpoint one. I um, bet. <laughs> geez, Which one um, that stands out where you're like, there are so Secret many letters. Service should pay them a Oh, so many, so many. And you know what's so funny? You say that because for a time I actually managed the uh, threats portfolio. Oh, wow. Um, so talk about it now. Right. Um, the NDA is over. Basically, um, we'll talk about it to some extent. Thank right. You Names will be changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's Got like law and order. Yeah, yeah. The, if these events seem right. like they're based <laughs> off of anyone, it's still fiction. No, no. Okay. Right. So it was, it was interesting, right? So um, there were uh, just so many incoming threats and just um, insensitive uh, correspondence coming in so much so that um, processes were vamp- were revamped to catch that. Mm. And so my job was to kind of cre- help create and manage those processes for a while. Wow. Um, so I saw the wildest of wild nonsense you could think of. And 
yeah, Secret Service and CIA and FBI police were definitely wow. sent to doors through my arrangement. So yes. that was very interesting. You got somebody work. put in yeah, jail. Listen, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come see me. Like, no, let them be out and try to find me. But yeah, no, like, so, um, I mean, it just ran the gamut on that front. Um, but then there were other, you know, really cool pieces of correspondence I came across. So we would come across in our office. So, um, for example, Erica Garner, mm-hmm. um, rest in peace, rest in power. Uh, wrote a letter. Um, oh wow! To which was was, was very heart heartbreaking letter mm. to read, and um, was um, one in which obviously we responded to mm-hmm. um, with a direct correspondence from the president, but was very instrumental in actually to the question you raised about writing and policy, advocating for um, a greater response. From the um, office of the president to the American public on matters of police uh, brutality. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, I mean, there were so many different types of correspondence. I remember there was one other letter I, I've read um, from a um, a mother mm-hmm. who just talked about her fears. A, a, a black woman who talked about her fears of raising her nine or ten year old autistic son. Oh wow! Um, just in this country, in a, in a, in its state. To which, um, you know, we're being shot on the news. And, you know, um, for me, having a young, um, uh, two young cousins who I'm helping to raise who Mm -hmm. are autistic um, and are a black boy and a black girl, that letter really resonated. So you really came in touch with all different types of letters and correspondence and just situations. So it was a true honor to be there. Um, Particularly that office, I would say, was one that was kind of the advocacy office. It was that place where you kind of knew like you can move a little different, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. your job was really to like represent the American people. Yeah. Um, And crazy. Yeah, Um, because crazy is here. I mean, I'm just keeping it real. Yeah, people Um, people be crazy. But in love as well. So it was was a great time. Yeah, it was a great time. That's awesome. And I mean, like, to encounter so many different types of people, so many types of situations, um, I know you're saying like you couldn't remember a particular story that was wild, but like, what do you think it's done to you? Like in this space of like understanding how people move and how people view government and like their perspectives. Cause yeah. like, it's hard being in DC yeah. and in the beltway. We're here all the time with all the political stuff. Right. It's like those outside of 495. Right. right. How like, they are the ones really writing it. Right. I think um, I learned so much about the American people, you know, working in that office. Um, you know, it can, it can be really easy to be siloed in your like little world, like mm-hmm. DC world. Um, you, you work in politics and you think your hand is on the pulse, but the reality is there's just so much uh, different, different perspectives out there. Yeah. Um, and I was blessed to kind of be exposed to a lot of that. Um, you know, whether it's a 65 year old woman who, um, has concerns about, you know, or has issues with her, uh, current insurance plan and has questions about, you know, healthcare policy that are very genuine and maybe misguided, but very genuine and wants the president, wants to know, um, where exactly is the administration taking them in direction, right? right? To, um, the student who is, uh, worried, you know, who got into, you know, their dream college, but it's like, hey, I can't pay for it. Mm. You know, can you give me money? You know, not even like I want to discuss policy, but can you give me money? Like people wrote into that office with all different types of requests. It was very clear that um, at at a lot of times for many folk, it was like a last resort. Like you kind of got to see people in, in their expression saying like, listen, I've tried everything that I know what to do. Yeah. Um, I'm just throwing this in the air. Mr. President, if you read this, if you can, you know, tend to this request via policy change or via, you know, it's literally some funds like it's hard out here. Like yeah. they only gave me 10K in this school. <laughs> right. You know, this they school asked is 100 like, um, you know, it, room and board. It, it kept it real. Like yeah. it was a real, it was really eye opening. And for me, like, I'm like, oh, I come, I was born in Camden. Like, I'm like, I done seen sh- Stuff. Yeah. Oh, we, this is an explicit okay. content okay. podcast, so you can okay. you can swear if okay. you must. Okay. 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 <laughs> I caught myself there because yes. uh, the spirit was moving. The spirit you was cause moving because I was like, I thought I saw some shit. But when I went 
going into that um, office and just like reviewing, um, you know, uh, even a handful of, of cases within my portfolio a day would just be like, whoa, like this is just so unbeknownst and so new to me. And in responding to a lot of the correspondence, right, uh, properly, you have to do the research, Yeah, you know? And so um, sometimes, you know, you're, they're getting like a coded letter, like a very generic right, response right. And, and, you know, the intern. Like, thank you so much for that. your letter. Yeah, yeah. Or like, the oh, president the president cares please. about education yeah, and blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But this administration was so keen that's worth noting. So keen on like, no, we have to really like give people the help that they need. Um, that a lot of the job really required like a lot of research and a lot of writing. And right. my work to your question was doing a lot of that training, like, you know, learning the president's voice mm-hmm. um, and all and all and doing the research and showing people how to do the research and all that stuff. But I will tell you also, um, you know, I was, you know, love President Obama. But it's, it's still government. You yeah. know what I mean? It was still, yeah. still administration with confines. And so with my particular political persuasion, which you are <laughs> kind of aware of. I'm aware. I like to shake shit up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, a little spicy. Uh, a little spicy. A, a little, little spicy. You know, yeah. I think we all, you know, sometimes have to be right. You're uh, a little Jamaican jerk spice. <laughs> I got it. Not to be like a jerk, but like, like you know. Jerk. the like type. a little bit. Yeah. No, but like the yeah, type of the type, spice. Yeah. The spice. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a good flavor. Yeah. People like it. Some people, Some people like don't. Uh, it's not for me. But that's you. That's you. That's you, right? But um, yeah, I had to kind of. I learned a lot about navigating like um, like spaces as such, and to like how to be effective, like how to really um stay true to um you know my grandmother. And, you know, who came here from Jamaica and who sacrificed so much for me to be here. (laughs) I had to do it. I mean, it's 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 necessary. Out of of one comes many. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, just I had to pay homage to like all the people, you know, back home who like, my homies talk to the FBI for me to get that job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they like, we not talk. We don't normally talk to these people. So like, like for, to, tw- <laughs> to talk. To 12. Yeah. yeah. To 12. They like, who? <laughs> but like, you know, just keeping in the back of my mind, you know what I mean? Like, what these, this policy that's coming out of this White House, what it represents or me from me as a gatekeeper, what I can potentially push forward. Right. I learned how to be strategic and how to move accordingly successfully. I'm at Tom's. I'm in that space. Yeah. Well, can we talk about your book? Mm. Yes, we can. So I was taking a sip of this uh, rosé. I'm almost done. I'm going to have to pour a little I mean, that's why there's a bottle There's a bottle. True, true, true. The more you know. So you have a book coming out. That's correct. Tell the people. What is it about? Sure, yeah. So I'm working on a book now that is inspired by... You know, my grandmother. Um, I think it's a story that a lot of folk can relate to. Um, I uh, So I was a part of this fellowship called the Be Me Fellowship, um, which is probably one of the best things I've ever done in my life. It's a fellowship um, where just a group of dope people who love Black people, Mm -hmm. um, who are shaking and moving in philanthropy, business, education, all types of sectors are just really... um, come together and, and and share thoughts and build. Um, but yeah, so I was with this in a fellowship um, cohort meeting and I was like, someone was telling me about like, you know, a book they wrote um, and the idea of writing a book, paying homage to my grandmother came to mind. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, I just thought of as an educator, I thought about all of the young people, um, all of the uh, students who shared stories like mine, whose stories don't often get out there. And so what right. the book is about, it's about a young boy um, mirrored off of myself, him and his sister. They're raised by their grandmother. Mm-hmm. They experience a ton of love. They don't have a lot, but they experience a ton of love. No, they have a lot. They have a, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yes, they have a lot of love. They have a lot. They yeah. have a lot in that they have a lot of love, right? Yeah. Um, so they, um, uh, one day the lo- young boy goes to school. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on this bus and he's explaining, you know, his kind of his family situation to another friend. Um, the friend is like, oh, you don't have a mom or dad? Like, you must not have love. And so the young boy goes home crying. Um, he goes home crying in the arms of his grandmother. And he's like, well, I don't know, like, no one loves me. 
Um, and so he's kind of sad, but then his grandmother goes through all the ways in which that young boy experiences love, right? And Aww. so it's his his aunties, his uncles, it's his coaches, it's his pastor, it's, it's his community, yeah. right? To which he is fed so much love yeah. um, and is able to be the great young uh, boy that he is. Um hey. So in kind of um, writing this story out and I'm still in process, I'm working with an amazing illustrator, Nakia, right now. Nakia, if you're listening. Shout um, out, Nakia. Shout out to you. Um, Amazing illustrator. I'm really excited for this project. But um, in previewing it to folk and the story, you know, became very clear that this is not an atypical story. So many of us have been raised, are being raised or have some type of really strong relationship with a grandparent. Yeah. Um, or if not a grandparent, it's an auntie or, or it's, it's an a uncle. family member. It's a family member. Yeah. Right. And so um, I'm really excited to to really um, continue with this project and to get it off the not just get it off the ground and and published, um, but to really um, turn it into um, a teaching tool mm. um, to to do some things with it in terms of animation um, to really get the. Uh, narrative out there, right? Because we, even in 2020, we still, for the most part, um, function within these very trite, limited Mm -hmm. notions of family. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, as you know, Renee, representation matters. When you see yourself um, in stories and when you see yourself just represented, um, you feel affirmed. Mm -hmm. And so the goal for this project is to um, affirm others. And so the book is titled Khalil's Got Love. Um, I'm very excited to um, have it in in full production, um, aiming for um, a summer release. Yes. Um, so I'll keep you posted on that. Yes. And I, I think it's so timely because I know personally um, within my family, um, you know, my niece and nephew, uh, primary caretakers were my parents, which are their grandparents. Mm. And now my parents, you know, in their older age, are great grandparents and taking on a similar role again. Mm. So now they're dealing with a three-year-old and an eight-month-old. And like, I just commend people who take on uh, that responsibility because it's so just, like, you feel like you're at a place in life and you're like doing your thing and to be selfless, Mm -hmm. to care for someone else and Mm -hmm. love. It's, It's so just meaningful. And I feel like we all need community mm-hmm. and that's the best sense of community. Mm-hmm. So like having those stories, I think like my niece would have been happy to have a book like that, mm. you know, because she went to a school that was pretty privileged, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure she's had an experience where maybe she didn't tell us that. So that's really awesome. Now you say you want to make it a teaching tool. How, how will you go about doing that? Like going to schools and doing talks or yeah, no, presentations a, yeah. or TED talks? Yeah, so so um, so I, hopefully all of those things are in the future. Let's listen. speak it into we, existence. Let's speak it all into existence. Um, um, whatever way to wish um, visibility to this uh, this can can be raised, I'm more than excited to be a part of that. Um, but in terms of the teaching tool, yes. Um, so in, the thinking is in some of the books to have some Q and A. Um, you know, some self-reflective questions. Oh, um, for, like a workbook. For the readers, like a workbook. Oh. Um, the um, the the a- the age demographic for this book intends for um, around the six to 11, 12 year old. Yeah. Um, when it's a really, when it's a really real interesting thing. time and going to really school real, and learning mm-hmm. about different people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's, seriously, there's that piece, but uh, I'm very keen to do some vocabulary, like some oh. higher level vocabulary introduction um, into that book. And that'll be a part of the workbook as well, because as you know, um, for many communities, exposure to um, um, vocab- vocabulary um, is, is, is an issue. And yeah. so um, as an educator um, would hope for this book to kind of be a tool to do that. Also know that this book actually, I think from the testing I've done and conversation resonates really strongly with adults, mm-hmm. like very strongly with the story. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the, the, the idea is perhaps maybe that could then 
be um, a way of more sophisticating the, the, the story, actually, um, for a potential adult readership. Yeah. Um, but then also to your point, oh, yeah, we're we doing tours. Listen, yes. listen, like my, let me tell you. So listeners, my grandmother, um, Isame, is hey, one of Isa. the dopest per- people you will ever encounter in life. She's my best friend. Aww. And so she's also raising as a great grandparent, basically a four year old with autism. Oh, God. Um, so she um, and she just stopped working. Wow. So, yeah. So she, she she's someone who I really, um, and people like her, I think, deserve the honor and the celebration. And she ain't one to shy away from it either. Yeah. So I'm down for the book tour. Yes. I already got trying to map it out. Like, okay. Like, you know, bring like, her have her, bring her along <laughs> and just have her talk. I ain't going to say shit. I'm just going to be like, Miss Icy, talk. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> she won't listen. She'll come out <laughs> gone. You hear me? In outfits. I mean, outfits. she is Jamaican. Yeah. So, so you wouldn't expect anything like So she's no, like that yeah. type of person. Be like, yes, it was me. Yes, I'm great. Yes. And uh, there are other great people like here. Let's talk about you. You know, but I, I do want that to be a part of it. If, if God is to have that in his will, if it is his will, Jesus, let it be your will. It is his yes. will. Yes. Because it's happening. It's manifesting. Yeah. Um, and just on that, like there's policy actually that's out right now in the federal uh, legislature where uh, the, the Congress, uh, <laughs> like where Congress. is, right. So in 1993, the first FMLA Family Medical mm. Leave Act was passed. Um, that was 27 years ago. And it gave the definition of what family is for people to take leave. Mm-hmm. Guess what it left out? What your grandmother. Oh. So like mm, your grandmother yeah. is not defined as a family member. Right, right, right. So right, if right. your grandmother or you were to get sick or and you needed to take off work or she needed to take off work to take care of you, legally on the federal side, she couldn't or you couldn't. Mm. But now there's groups and advocates who are working to change that definition to modernize what family is. So I think that's really important that in a timely that you have this book coming out. And we're seeing policy mm. trying to be crafted in this mm. space. Sorry, you know, it's easy. We get a mm-hmm. little, you know, mm. policy and everything. No, 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 no. So, true. yeah. So that's really great that you're doing that because there's so many people who res- that resonates with. I mean, that's why they're changing policy right mm-hmm. now, right? Like, it's all for a reason and it's all connected. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you work for New York schools, right? Yeah. How's that? <laughs> Like, one, I know you probably see a lot of that, like children who were raised by a family member, um, children who probably have not had vocabulary, like they are challenged by vocabulary, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, what do you see? What's happening in New York? What's going on with our kids? Yeah, so, I mean, we ain't got none, but right, like, right. you know, the, 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 the kids. The universal yeah, the, term of yeah. the, kids. the kids. Yes. The babies. <laughs> the babies. It's, As it's, David Johns would say, teach, teach the, the babies. babies. What's up, David? He sure would. <laughs> he Shout hears the word David. education. He say, teach the babies. Teach the babies. That is a man about the mission. I hope he copyrights that. I, I, I hope so, too. And a, Dave, Okay, so David, if you haven't copyrighted this, and hopefully you're listening, um, go ahead and do that, brother. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. New York. New York. <laughs> is so fascinating in so many different ways. So it's the largest public education um, system in the world. Wow. Um, it is also um, one of the most segregated mm-hmm. um, education systems. I and believe it. So working um, in that infrastructure is rather interesting. Yeah. Um, so I work for a network that um, provides education um, to uh, 90% of the students are Black and Latinx wow. um, within our network. Um, the outcomes within our network are such that um, up, outperform the system. Mm. And so um, through public-private partnerships, we're not chartered at all. Right, Completely right. DOE, but through public-private partnerships. What's DOE for those that don't? Oh, pardon, yes. Thank you, thank you. You can get stuck <laughs> in those acronyms. <laughs> uh, Department it, of Education. Yes, um, yes, so yes. Um, we're completely, all the schools are completely a part of New York City Department of Education. Um but uh, yeah, um, the er, the schools within my network um, outperform that of the system, wow. and that's primarily due to the um, fueling of public-private partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as well as additional supports that the schools receive to kind of actualize a theme. Each school has a theme. Oh. Um, so it's really interesting to, you know, with the network I work for, to kind of see these cool, innovative things happening. Mm -hmm. um, but then also to work within a system that you see is just um, so outdated, so antiquated, and really doing a disservice to black and brown students in particular. Yeah. I'm not a person to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. A lot of the people who actually work within the system aren't people to keep their mouth shut. But it's so entrenched in the culture that it is really, you know, challenging to push the, move, the needle. And so um, uh, of late, I've been um, working with and advising um, informally now officially a formal, more in a formal capacity, um, this group called Teens Take Charge. Okay. They are the dopest group of students yes. ever. When I tell you they about this man, they are about this work. Yes. And they have been putting fire to people's feet to say, you know what, these discrepancies, um, these disparities rather within the education system are hurting me. Mm. And you need to do your job. You need to change this. Yeah. Um, They've been doing a lot to call for um, integration oh. um, in New York City schools. Right, right. Um, in terms of obviously student pop, but then also population, but then also in terms of resources. Uh, they've been really calling for representation of um, teachers of color and leaders of color in schools. They've been really been advocating against um, the specialized school testing and they've been really pushing for a conversation that's even greater than just specialized schools. Right. That's kind of, you know, there's a lot of white gatekeepers and they are yeah. super crafty. These students have been like, no, little white lady, you better <laughs> have a full conversation. No, sir. Right. Like, talk to me like talk I to, know yeah. how to maneuver right. and be able to have an impact. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like, I, I will say I give it up to these younger generations because they're like, no means no, like for real. Mm -hmm. Like no more trying to use us as, you know, dummies, if you will. Right. Or trying to create a system and make it work against us. Mm -hmm. So they're definitely fighting for Future generations. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so proud of this generation. Oh, me too. Me yeah. too. I'm inspired by them. And I started going to their stuff um, just in part because I was getting so down and not being able to be, you know, effective in the way that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. You know, we get a part of these systems like, man, like, what do I do? Like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I'm going to their rallies and stuff because I'm like, oh, they, oh, they bold. They lit. So they were inspiring to me at first. And then it just became, you know, like, oh, wow, they're effective too. Like, when I tell you, there was a town hall uh, last week. Well, I'll just say this. One of the students, like, call, was calling dude out by name. Wow. Read receipts. Shout out to that just student. Shout out. Yeah, his name is Alex. Alex, Alex, uh, Alex and Tiffany. Those two, they will call you out in a heartbeat. I like those and names. let you know They sound what's like good, good troublemakers. They, oh, they, they are. They are. They are definitely, they are definitely good troublemakers um, and effective ones too. Oh, good. Uh, but yeah, no, um, just seeing them like do their work and just act, uh, act uh, agitate and organize the way that they do um, has been very inspiring. And so it's interesting because change is, is coming about in New York. Right. And it's coming about because of students. Yeah. It's becoming about because of black and brown students who are like, nah, y'all not feeding me this shit. And I got little brothers and sisters. Yeah. So you're not going to do this to them. Like right. y'all may have like, I may got caught up in this system, but, but you're we, not going to do this no They more. know better because mm -hmm. they've seen the mm -hmm. residuals, right? Mm -hmm. Because... I think, too, with this generation, they're like, hey, I I want more for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want that. And, like, they're the creators of the Facebook, you mm -hmm. know, part part two, if you will. Yeah. The Instagrams, the snaps, the everything else. Like, this, I mean, they make apps in, like, kindergarten now. Like, yeah. these kids are, like, we need to be treated like yep. business-minded yep. individuals. Yep. Uh, treat us like corporations, because corporations mm -hmm. are people, so we are people. Mm -hmm. Like, I love how these kids are. They're... Mm -hmm. Super dope. Shout out to you people. Yeah. Uh, you young folks. Shout out. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> so you left D.C. to go to New York. Yeah. I know it's an interesting transition going from Philly, New Jersey, New York to D.C. Well, well one, to Connecticut, to D.C., yeah. then back to New York. Like, how yeah. how's your transition D.C., New York? You know, it was a it was a pretty easy transition. Really, um, I think in part it was it fueled in part because of Trump. I was like, nah, like y'all got you the ain't wrong one. Like, y'all be blessed. I like my <laughs> I like my peace of mind. <laughs> You're like not in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, not in my backyard. Ooh, you be seeing these 
people with the um, make Make America Great Again hats. Yeah. In the museum. Yeah. In the train station. Oh, I'll Watching be past I'll be like, the you know African what? American yeah. I'm just like, museum. Mm, it's no. weird. I was like, all right. So, no, I mean, you know, it's like, um, that made the transition a little easier. But the reality was, um, you know, I, a lot of us political appointees, we thought we thought we was gonna be living. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, y'all thought K things. Street was about to yeah, pop we thought off. Yeah, that's about to pop off. It's gonna be great. So but, K Street is where all the totally. lobbying firms are, and lobbying firms are usually advocacy um, corporations that lobby, which go to the Hill and try to get the Hill members of Congress to vote on their interest. And a lot of people love to go to K Street because it also pays very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to all the K Street lobbyists. Uh, this is a sponsorship request. Mm-hmm. Y'all got that money. Y'all listening. Y'all right. Listen. Right, right. Call it a lot by name, but I'm just saying. I mean, I will see you at Happy I will see listen. you. I will make direct eye contact. It will be awkward. Hello. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but, um, you know, but the reality was like jobs wasn't coming in like that because yeah. it was a whole different turn. Right. And so um, just, you know, muddling in that water. I was like, listen, I got bills to pay. Yeah. I got my grandmama. I got things. I, yeah. I, got, I got things. You got to eat. I got to eat. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> the gym ain't working gym out ain't, so well. Yeah, like, oh, I'm getting famished. I was like, let me go to uh, New York where I can see my people and get a job. And I got some appetizers at receptions Shoot, were not holding They were not holding up. I was like, I literally went to my uncles. I was like, listen, I ain't got it. <laughs> so we here. What's good? <laughs> so, <laughs> so real. It's so real because when people, people don't understand, like when Congress changes and flips uh, parties and also the White House, that means there's thousands of people who have lost, lost their, their jobs. jobs. And they're just kind of like, hey, girl, hey, you want to go get drinks or get a coffee? Right, and right. basically they're lobbying yeah. you to see if mm-hmm. they can get a job. A job yeah. Because like it's real. And that's both parties, whether it's mm-hmm. Republican or Democrat. Yeah. When it flips, it's real. Yep. And like hearing your experience, I believe there were probably a lot of people who will not be as honest as you just mm-hmm. was. But we've all been, <laughs> all been there. there. They won't say it. But I was like, I saw you at Rayburn at the happy. Right. <laughs> uh, let me get your business card. <laughs> You get your business card. We was, we was trying to we was trying to find a way, and I was like, "Nah, this ain't this ain't." Yeah. We get a time crush, right? Who, right. baby? We nah. only saved them X amount of dollars, right. and there's X amount in my account currently. Yeah. And the guy worked it out. He worked. I mean, he worked out some good offers in New York. So yes. I was like, okay. This is some good money to do work that I'm very passionate about. Praise to him. God be the glory. Praise him. Praise him. Yes. I'm I'm out. Yeah. So um, you know I'm. I'm I wish y'all all well. I'm always here, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you <laughs> but, dabble yeah. in the district quite often. Yeah. So, you know, like, we're always happy to welcome you back here. But it's like, oh, another friend left. No. Yeah. It's such a transient city, this yeah, D.C. I know, you know? I know, I yeah. know. I feel like I moved here, but I'm like, no, 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 no. This is, yeah. I'm going home at some point in life. Yeah? One day. One day. We've talked about this before. Like, how, like. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I do the interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be asking me questions. Uh, we ain't gonna put this on <laughs> okay. the record. All right, all right, all right, all right. This is for after gotcha, the gotcha. Uh, okay. podcast. All right, all right, yeah. all. But I just want to say thank you. How hey. can people find you, especially with the work that you're doing, if they want to come volunteer, help out, learn more about the kids, you know, that you're helping to advocate for themselves? Like, give us your Insta, your social, so people can connect with you. All right, so I'm about to drop a lot of handles because my hands are in a few different pots. I'm, you know, we, I'm sorry, we can make it out here. So let's just He's start. Like tree jobs. <laughs> tree jobs. <laughs> Listen, all right. So we'll start with the students, right? So um, you can follow, um, you can check out the hustlersguild.org um, to um, learn a little bit more about um, the nonprofit that I work with that uses um, hip hop to teach tech skills to middle and high school students. Again, that's the hustler. Um, it's, that's part and that's hustlersguild.org. Um, hustlersguild.org. Um, the uh, social media handle on Instagram is The Hustlers Guild. Um, and on Facebook um, is Backslash Hustlers Guild. Um, Twitter is Backslash Hustlers Guild. All right. So there's that. There's um, that. There's that. My personal, you can follow me on Instagram at Kevin Fitzroy. That's K E V I N F I T Z R O Y. 
Um, very Jamaican. Um, very. Fitzroy. He can tell you where to get the best patties in your current location. No, I'm joking. No, I probably could. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so sad. I'll be showing the city. Down this street, be like, right? you, you back? Um, and then on Facebook, um, I'm, I'm, you can find me at Kevin Fitzroy Beckford. Um, and then finally, I uh, would encourage you to check out this group called Teens Take, Take Charge. Um, feel free to um, go to their website at teenstakecharge.com. Um, follow them on social media as well. Again, they're a great group of young people doing phenomenal work um, to bring about change um, and dismantle white supremacy, that it, the white supremacy that exists in the New York City public education system. Um, so yeah, I'll just stop at there. Okay. Yeah. Well, one final, final question, because we have to bring it all back Okay. as you take your last sip. Hmm. What do you think of the rosé you're drinking today? This is really nice. Yeah? It's really light. It's really nice. Um, it's really nice nice to the palate. I think it would go very well um, Go very well with a meal. I'm on my second glass. <laughs> I am I'm about too. to be on my third. So. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, just go ahead yeah, and sip, sip, hooray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. Nice. So it's Rufino Rosé Sparkling Wine. It's a product of Italy. It is really good. It is one of my go-to when I'm like, oh, I got somebody coming over. I should probably have an adult beverage that's not <laughs> liquor because liquor makes you sicker. Yeah. Um, but wine makes you feel all fine. <laughs> so shout out to wine and shout out to Rufino. If you're listening, Rufino, go ahead and drop that sponsorship dollarship. Go ahead. Because we love it. I feel like this is like a Mentos commercial right now. Like we're like, Rufino, fresh and full of life. <laughs> right. Anyway, thank you, Kevin, for joining us today. Well, Nate, thank you so much. It's been such a joy being on the show. Yes, cheers thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Aw, thanks, Kevin. And I cannot wait for your book to drop. We want to thank everybody for all their help in making this episode possible. To our guests, Tyson and Kevin, thank you so much for being here today. To Rafino being our second episode with an amazing drink. And also, we want to remind you guys to check out our social media at the Rose Hour Podcast. And don't forget, if you have any questions or want to get on the show or know someone, email us at Renee at theroseahourpodcast.com. Also, we are excited about our partnership with The Harlot here in D.C. on U Street, where we're going to start hosting live tapings of the Rose Hour during brunch. So check out our social media for our first episode that we'll do there. And come sip along with us. And as always, friends, sip, sip, hooray. Everything will be okay. Dubai, sip rose. We're gonna sip rose. London, we sip rose. Round the